0: I'm Brian. I uh, dropped out of machine learning PhD at the University of Washington, interested in writing things like computer vision. Um, Last year, I started a Twitter account called AI Pub covering like technical AI research topics, Um, ran a podcast for a while with Jason and Arise um, covering like AI research papers. This is kind of a variant of that. and also started like a talent referral business for AI startups where I met Harvey, uh, which is like a language models for law firms and kind of like systems of language models and software, generative AI software for law firm startup. Um, recruited for them for a really long time and just joined the team to lead talent recruiting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so that's what I'm up to.
1: Awesome. And, and yeah, Harvey, we hear about everywhere. So um, uh, amazing. Amazing startup in the in in the kind of generative ecosystem, Um, you know, legal assistant kind of is is the focus is was my is my take at least (laughs) Uh, amazingly legal, um, you know, legal assistant and my, you know, I think a lot of folks know me let's let's hop in, Uh, you know, founder founder arise. Um, And what we're going to do today is we're doing the the ORCA paper. Um, And Yeah, do do you want to kind of uh, give, Brian, I'll let you kind of kick off. Like, what what do you, do you want to kind of describe your take of like the the abstract, like the big picture, and I can kind of do the same? um, Sure,
0: sure, sure. Um, Yeah, let me think here. So, I mean, I think the topic of ORCA is this general topic of using a very large foundation model like GPT-4 that's very advanced, very intelligent. To train and fine-tune a much smaller language model around 10 billion parameters. There are other examples of this, uh, you know, things like Vicuna, Llama, whatever. So there are other examples and of of, of this trend. Um, And actually, like it's very engineering relevant. We do things like this um, at Harvey. You know, fine-tuning fast language models using Large intelligent language models uh, to produce language models that are fast on given tasks. Um, And then the topic of this paper is kind of like improving the training process for these small language models, where um, basically by using techniques that are similar to step by step prompting or chain of thought prompting, they think that. And they demonstrate that they can fine-tune these small language models to perform much better. One in general, but then two, especially on complex reasoning tasks. That would be my take on the paper, my sense of the paper at large.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's a take. I mean, my my one angle I probably would add to it is like there, there's kind of a theme I feel in, in a lot of stuff recently, which is like which is around um. Quality of data, both both I think both training, but definitely fine tune. I, I think both are going to both matter. Um, this one obviously f- focuses on on quality of data for fine tune, and and I think there is there's kind of one school of thought, or one, one way I was kind of thinking maybe last year, which is like there's you know lots of data, just throw lots of data at it. Uh, I think this this the, the case here is going to be a bit more for the data matters, the quality of data you fine tune on matters. Um, the you know how, how many and, and there was you know a recent paper from Facebook where you know, a thousand samples of, of well thought through fine-tuning data, you know beats Vicuna. So I think the goal of, of this felt like, can we beat Vicuna? Can we get close to chat GPT with a very small model with very selective uh, thoughtful data? Um, and, and then how they produce that data from uh, from a, a large foundational model, There's some really unique ideas, I think in this too. Um, cool. kind of hop in
0: um i have the physical paper here so (laughs) i'll scroll along with
2: you
1: yeah no i i i feel like we're an old uh there's a generation who (laughs) uh, i i'm still in the 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 paper generation but but there's a generation who probably you know rarely prints it out these days the um the the early section here is like I, I kind of we kind of highlighted here. Can can you use a model to supervise? Like, can you use a large model to supervise and teach a small model? It's kind of the the beginning section here. Um, and and you know, like we've been talking about, like the the teachers and um, you know teachers and and, and using outputs from uh, a large language model. And and I think the first was like was was probably Alpaca the. The alpaca came out a couple of weeks after llama dropped, which which was um, I think alpaca was largely generated from from ChatGPT in terms of like the the data set. Um, so they were kind of like the very first example that turned llama from a kind of a nonsense or, or not not a great foundation model to something that you know felt pretty decent. Um, so it was kind of like that first leap there was with that, and then the question here becomes: Well, how do you extend? Like, how does that idea extend beyond just this this first incarnation? Um, uh, and then I think Vicuna was, I, I think it was Vicuna was the example where there's a, a website of chats of chat, GP, of GPT 4 you know, natural conversation. And then Vicuna kind of is an example where they, they just use, use those people posting their, their chats for that. So, the, so both of these kind of fit, fit that, like, you know, using a foundational model results to, to train a, a, a smaller model. What can you do with that?
0: Um yeah I think I think one thing that was kind of also interesting from this uh, this section and maybe it's a little bit negative is they um they kind of critique some of these other small language models where they say that in the other papers the authors of the other papers say that these language models perform just as well as say the chat gpt but really it's only on a limited set of benchmarks and if you end up kind of extending the benchmarks or you include more complicated reasoning tasks in the benchmarks. Actually, ChatGPT ends up performing better than these these smaller models. Um, and I think that's I, the sense I get is that's part of what motivated this paper.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I think the example here too is like I mean, it's kind of like I would say um, some of it. You you like the Vicuna example here where. It was, I think, I think it was like 70,000 examples like of, of shared chats with GPT are on this web, we're, we're trained on this website. And like you would think though that okay, yeah, it's probably might might catch up, it might might get some of the general feeling of responses, but is it really learning anything in that fine-tuning process? And I think they're kind of hinting here, it's it's not like the you know, when you look at reasoning or, or real, real tough, you know, problems that that that's just not enough. Um, from, from kind of a fine-tuned perspective. Um,
0: I think, I mean, if, if if we're chatting about these things, I, I think one like interesting theme that I've been thinking about lately, and maybe this is kind of obvious, um, is just the extreme difficulty of general benchmarking of yeah. language models, especially yeah. with complex tasks. Yeah. It's like, we're getting at the point where these language models perform better than humans in many domains. Um, this is obviously true at Harvey. Uh, with you know, we're trying to benchmark like language models for legal performance, both within specific legal domains, but then legal in general. It's like doing that is really, really difficult to just generically assess uh, performance along a lot of benchmarks. And like th- this is this is kind of a theme among you know a lot of companies that are using language models to do complex human tasks. I mean, like GitHub Copilot. It's like I don't know how the the benchmarking for that works when they swap out a you know a different model or something like that but i i assume it's incredibly difficult um jasper how do you benchmark uh you know models for copywriting like what are the data sets for that like what are the various sub skills um so it's just very hard
1: I, I i agree and it's it's like the whole i mean I've, there's this whole area of model evaluation which is like kind of caught blowing up and like um and and if you look at openai openai evals i mean i'm I was looked at it the other day. I'm. I was blown away by how much how many people have contributed evaluation sets to to that. Like it's it's an insane number of those now, but it's still like such an early field. There was a a write up recently of hugging on hugging face of like why their leaderboard didn't you know eval on the exact eval set didn't match a paper, and it was um and it was actually the harness itself was adding like both both little bits to the prompt <laughs> to, to to the template as well as like. Even the way they measured that—that that the harness was measuring the output differently for different like execution. So, so like the, the evals itself is such an early field. I think I think they hit it a little bit in this paper, but I think that I think one thing that I think the paper does a good job though of is doing a really extensive eval. Like like part of the problem of vicuna and and La- and, and and alpaca was was you know you had pretty simple evals, but you didn't really see the holes or problems in the model itself and you have to like run a lot more to on, on it to actually see those holes um but so the um to, in 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 this section so this is kind of like challenges with existing models um and, and i think this is kind of like challenges with the like the alpacas and and stuff and really it's kind of hinting at like their instructions and, and fine tuning data set were pretty limited um yeah, and, and pretty simple um yeah, the task diversity of that fine tuning data set was not not you know not great um the this example is talking about uh human contributed to, yeah so this is talking about maybe the the vicuna one um content generation information syncing queries you know got the style but maybe not reasoning like which, which makes which makes sense um Limited. I'm not quite sure. So limited. Yeah,
0: I thought the one thing that was kind of interesting for me here was the limited imitation signals, right? So it's like you train these things on query response pairs from, say, a big model like GPT four. It's kind of interesting, is like the idea in part of this paper is that they wanted to enrich these signals. Mm -hmm. The way that the authors do it is basically via some kind of uh, chain of thought or step by step, kind of more elaborate prompting of the model, so that the model explains more of its reasoning process Uh, but then they also talk about other like at least theoretical ways you could get imitation signals like logits intermediate representations Mm. or attention states Um, Mm -hmm. obviously these are not you can't do this with gpt4 because these are not publicly exposed but uh, if if you could do, you know, if and when there is some kind of open source version of GPT-4, some kind of mega model that's open source, you could do something like this and and potentially the training could get much better because you get much better intermediate representations. So I thought that was an interesting idea.
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, that's, I, I like, I think this section, it's <clears throat> sections kind of, you know, I hadn't thought about this much, like interesting kind of angle. Um, and then... They do talk about like evaluations here, so I think we kind of hinted. We talked a little bit about like challenges with evaluation. Um, that, you know, the the, the GPT four bias has been coming up quite a bit. I think you see that, like uh, like the long text bias of, of GPT four. They I,
0: also I, said that when when you're comparing two models, it likes it, like you're comparing two answers. It actually just likes the first one a little bit better. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, I, there's probably a lot of subtle. You know, subtle things to figure out when you're using, I mean, it, it, you know, I I I was uncomfortable in the beginning, probably like you, thinking about like, oh, using a model and evaluate a model. I've I've grown comfortable with it, but there it feels like there's so many nuances to it that like we, we all need to kind of figure out. Um, and, you know, it feels like it's the only way to really scale these valuations, but there's there's a lot to unpack and in, in terms of mistakes it can make. Um. Key contributions. Do you want to, like, I feel like you had some thoughts on these. Um, sure. I feel like this section is kind of
0: dense. I feel like it's kind of, it's a, it's a condensation of basically the whole paper. Um, we can go step by step through it. Uh, let me think. So, yeah. So, I mean, to me, the kind of main sauce of the paper, the main like secret sauce, the main idea of the paper, at least personally, is just augmenting this query response process. So, like, what the previous papers with like Vicuna and Llama, Alpaca, etc., have done is they just train on a set of queries of query to a language model and then the response from the language model. Basically, how this whole paper works is they add like one layer on top of that where instead of it being a query and then a response, and maybe let's like give an example so that it's clear. Um,
1: this is. This kind of we'll skip ahead,
0: but yeah, yeah, right there. So yeah, if you actually scroll forward like one page. Yeah. Yeah. So here's so previously the the way that these models were trained is basically just these latter two instructions where it's like use the given data to calculate the median. That's the input, and then you get the output, right? Yeah. Um, kind of the to me, the main idea of this paper is to just add this first additional prompt. Uh, which is a system instruction. It says, you're an AI assistant. these will give you a task. Your goal is to complete the task as faithfully as you can. While performing the task, think step-by-step step and justify your answers. And the authors have a total of like 16 of these different system instructions. So personally, like the whole paper for me in my mind, like in a sentence is just like augmenting the data with these system messages of various sorts to cause the language model to like be more elaborate and give more of its step-by-step reasoning in the output. Yep. Um so that's that's to me like the main idea of the paper. Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting. I think what's fascinating is like by thinking step by step and generating the the null like the th- really how to think, <laughs> how to think through a problem and then fine tuning on that like is what makes the expression you know of reasoning better of of you know all, all the stuff better is kind of what 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 that big eye idea is um yeah I mean
0: this maybe this is getting a little bit in like woo territory but it is very interesting to think about like LLM psychology um Andre Karpathy posts about this on Twitter like he says that like interfacing with a language model is like interfacing with like a really smart person who has the mandate to produce the next word in the next like second <laughs> so is because how do you say like yeah. these language models no matter how hard the thought that you're making them think
1: yeah they use the
0: same amount of compute like they use the same amount of compute to produce the next token whether yeah. it's a really simple thought that produces yep. the token or whether it's a really complex thought so like in a way like These step by step instructions it's like this is getting like kind of woo it's like it's giving these anxious language models like a little bit more room to breathe, when they have to think, Um, and it's like giving them more time like I've kind of almost thought like, and this is like a really silly thought it's like I wonder if there's been a paper like an experiment where you just somehow allow the language model to say, um. Over and over and over again. And then yeah. it's like maybe like with that. So I think it like in a way, I think a lot of the step-by-step uh instruction basically gives the language model more time to think because it's actually programmed to just produce thoughts in sequence with the same amount of compute.
1: Yeah. And I, I think there's there's uh there's a lot of I would say a lot of things that have come out recently, like like scratch pads and and, and ways of like inserting information into that. But in but my take is like um you know the the attention on, on the attention works by you know your next word based upon all the other previous words. So by by kind of filling out and having more context, you know you're, you're more likely to be applying more embeddings and information relative to your subject plus attention to that that next word. So by extrapolating and getting out there, you know you're you're, you're providing more information to that that next word, um, which is kind of what the scratch pads do and some of the. Um, in some of the latest stuff, but but exactly that, like you're giving it more space to to, to you know to apply more of the same ideas before it generates that final answer, <laughs> um, and then and then in this case you're fine tuning it to do to to understand that reasoning better um, based upon the the data from the other model. Um, in terms of like dataset construct, so so then they talk a little bit about like uh, data set construction um each instance in our training data consists of the following triple um yeah so this is just your system message stuff you're talking about like the, the all the different variations of uh, like trying to get it to uh be slightly more uh verbose or or thoughtful in the in the, the data is generating which then is going to be fine tuning data Um, One
0: one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, I don't know if they talked about this a little bit later, I think they actually talked about this in the next section or the next page, or yeah, I'm not really sure but one one thing that's kind of interesting is that they, they sampled like five to one from chat GPT and then GPT-4 and they said, if I remember correctly, that they got slightly better performance by first training it all on chat GPT and then later on GPT-4 the idea being, there's some kind of curriculum learning thing going on where uh, first you learn from the simpler model, and you learn the simpler reasoning from the simpler model, and then kind of once you're smarter and once you've graduated almost uh, to the next level, then then you get to learn from GPT-4, and supposedly that kind of hmm. progressive learning uh, hmm. may, may train the model somewhat better.
1: Interesting. I, I thought that was in
0: the of order. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I, interesting. Well, let's. I keep going through the data set side of this. Um, I thought this was interesting. So this is like different system messages for different um, data sets. Um, So they, so this is talking about again, like how do they come up with their, their data sets um, for, for, um, uh, you know, data sets for, for essentially um, uh, for for the, for the generation of, you know, for the generation of the data fine tuning. some of these they sample I mean they're definitely trying to get a smaller data set but it's definitely bigger than say an alpaca or vicuna in, in size um talks about the different data sets and types um I just think it's a lot more thoughtful in in kind of the fine-tuning data selection I mean clearly more thoughtful than you know th- than the first versions and which is the whole idea of this can we be more thoughtful in our our generation of of, of fine-tuning data and task set um yeah and this just gives examples here from from some of the data sets how they sample
2: um it's kind of nice uh just they you know when
1: they're using i guess chat gpt versus gpt4 um, responses um you know it's pretty clear gpt4 it's got more to say <laughs> uh so so it's just you know the, the i think i think we've i think it's kind of well known that you get these longer responses um from, from it uh you know obviously it's probably because of the the way it's fine tuned or aligned but but that that's just i think they're trying to note it
2: here um and i think that you know i think they're just trying
1: to say what well, can you get out like i think there's something about this like like um, you've got this parameter size which limits your speed and inference speed and like I, I think you're hinting at this like sometimes just your data by, by fine tuning on a smaller data set, you can just do more with less and that's kind of the goal. Um, training it's just like a lot of detail and like how they did it. Um, so this gets into kind of like the, the baseline models and test sets. Um, the yeah, again, it felt like there were, I mean, to me, it felt like, can I get as close to, can I get close to chat GPT with a smaller, you know, size and can I beat Vicuna clearly with a There's, there's an
0: interesting, um, there's an interesting diagram or like eval diagram later in the paper where it yeah. kind of show, you know, how Orko lines up against Vicuna, against chat yeah. GPT, against GPT-4, against human performance.
1: Um, yeah, yeah there, there's some really good pictures and I felt like those, um, yeah, I'll, we'll we'll keep going. But the, you're right. There, there's some like amazing, I I thought really good pictures that that kind of showed that how they how they did across a set of evals. It's like the that you know web graph. Um, in terms of capabilities, you get vicuna prompts, um, awesome prompts. So again, it's uh, what were the tasks to evaluate Orca?
0: Yeah, I think that was actually like. I don't think that was somehow the main innovation of the paper. Again, I think the main thing is the system prompts for fine-tuning. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that was like another kind of major element of the paper is basically like extending the eval data set to include much harder reasoning tasks uh to, to kind of really see how these models match up against chat GPT, uh, against much larger models like ChatGPT or um or GPT 4
1: um, yeah i think there's a whole interesting um have you seen the the hugging face leaderboard like um evals leaderboard so that you know hugging face obviously uh it's i mean it's really pretty cool i mean i feel like everyone's trying to get the spots now but there's like there's, there's like three or four eval sets they have on it that that like sort, sort the the latest models and everyone's trying to like get up there um but like you realize that that, that you want, like, you potentially want, like, a much broader set and, and, and more selective. Like, like, I can imagine as a new model comes out, you know, folks at Harvey or folks at whatever might want to know not just how it's doing on these t- three eval sets, but how's it, how does this thing apply to, like, the four I care about, which are these, you know, very far to the right, you know, like, yeah. you know, very specific examples. And um so, so, like, this whole field of, like, Evals and leaderboards feels feels early in its incarnation. You can just tell here too. Like if you only ran three eval sets, you wouldn't see all the holes and everything. Um, so so how do you get a, a broad enough set with enough detail to know like this latest thing is going to be good for what you want want it to be worked on? So I, I I agree with that. There's a lot. You know they did a really good job of 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 building the the test set here. Um, yeah. I agree. So reasoning, so there's there's stuff on reasoning. There's stuff on open-ended generation, um, and they talk of you know they obviously compare against um, Vicuna, which was again re- very simple in generation. Um, one,
0: uh, one, one thing that is kind of minor, but I found interesting is like how how do these evals actually work? Because ultimately you have to come up with a number, yeah, right. Uh, given given that the response is completely open-ended, um, so they end up having to kind of like programmatically parse uh, the the model responses. And I actually forgot, like, I don't know if there's like an intermediate language model. Pretty sure there's an intermediate language. Yeah, there's an intermediate language model that says something like among zero through three, the answer is, and it kind of converts the long form response answer to like, basically a multiple choice question. Um, so I, I also thought that was kind of like interesting. Um, yeah, just the, the amount of processing that needs to be done to actually make these, open-ended evals numeric is
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and like can vary quite a bit by the, even the harness you choose for the same eval sets, Um, which is what we've seen. So like, uh yeah, so, so, it's, and some, so, so some of these, and a lot of these, I think it's, you know, a G, you know, GPT four is the rater and um evaluation and they, they give some examples later on where like pick a number between zero and 10 to rate the, you know, the rate this, and, um, and and so there seems to be, there's probably, a, based upon your eval set, there's even different um, approaches to getting that number in the end,
2: um, which I think is also the, the challenge in comparing things. Cool. Uh, can, can you hear me, Brian? Yeah, hey, me. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. I lost you for a sec. Hey, sorry about that. Yeah, the internet cut
1: out briefly. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was me or or no. you. Oh, awesome. Um any uh any thoughts so, so in this section it's kind of like Orca versus chat, Orca versus GPT-4. Um I, I think it's just again highlighting the the success of, of the approach or or how well it's Yeah, due. I
0: mean, you know, a high level and they I would say two things. One, they go into this later, like in the next section or something like that, but across the board, across various metrics, they get something like a 10% relative improvement um, across kind of simple language modeling benchmarks. But the interesting thing, at least the author's report, is that among these more complex tasks, um, I'm trying to think like, what what do we got here? Yeah, among these more complex tasks, relative, for example, to Vicuna uh you know, things like formal fallacies or geometric shapes or you know sports understanding or things like so more kind of more complicated tasks uh, or kind of ends up performing like way way better um like they have a bunch of numbers here on a relative basis, you know, forty 40% percent better, four hundred percent better um so like there's this general theme where it's like you get you get a moderate boost on the kind of like, Medium difficulty tasks, but then on the very difficult tasks that actually required more elaborate reasoning, uh, yeah, the authors claim that Orca performs much better, and they have some
2: data to back that up. Great, um, awesome. So, I think there's, I mean,
1: there's there's a lot. Oh, this was I think an interesting section. So, um, th- the subtle point on this one was like. Okay, is um, if I if I only take the GPT four outputs, which are supposedly better, you know, better descriptions, better you know chain of thought, better reasoning, if I only fine tuned on results from GPT four, what would I? How would I do? And and that's like removing the Chat GPT. Like Chat GPT gives you more volume of fine tuned data, uh, but less quality, and then you know GPT four gives you like great. Great, you know, great data, but but lower size. Um, and it's interesting that like by adding the Chat GPT data in, you're still better. Like like one question would be, do you only need the the really thoughtful results? And and the answer is like actually, if you're going to fine tune, you might you might want a little bit more volume or diversity. You know, there, there's there's something that 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 you know quality versus quantity trade off here. That's that's not as like simply clear. You only want one thing. Um, I thought that was pretty kind of interesting in this section. Um, uh, long context, I, I've, I feel like these have been coming up a lot, <laughs> like your your context window and how well things use your your context window and how good things are on context windows. I thought this was, you know, a fun point to make um, that that you know GPT beats beats some of this uh, stuff possibly because of how well it uses the context window and and and, and how well it does in longer contexts. Um, Lots of papers recently on this. I don't know if you've you've seen some of the, some of the stuff I dropped in our, our community on on the context window stuff, but um, a lot of work going on to understand what's going on in the context windows and have stuff better better used that the data there. Um, and these are the ones you you were talking about. Um, do you want to yep. describe what what this looks like and what? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's
0: just the idea that like there, you know, there's not just one unific benchmark, but rather there are a lot of different ones. And you can see there's actually quite a difference in performance where it's like, I'm trying to think, you know, so it's like, at least they claim, for example, like chat GPT, at least on some versions of the LSAT or some sections of the LSAT actually performs better than humans, but then on other sections humans perform better. Um, So then like, you kind of have to evaluate models on different axes and you can see how that plays out here. Um, and at least according to this kind of very simple picture, ORCA is strictly, at least in this kind of very, whatever, like eight dimensional picture, uh, ORCA ends up being strictly worse than chat GPT, but in many ways comparable. Um, and then at least in some dimensions, like the SAT English even outperformed humans. So.
2: Yeah, I thought that was kind
0: of interesting. I just like the graph, like just being yeah. able to see kind of multi-dimensional evaluation in a very simple graph. And there's like a similar graph like later on with like kind of yeah. weirder data sets. So, I,
1: and I was wondering what I, I don't know this data set, but what is the data set that humans crush GPT four on? <laughs> like I, 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 I don't I, know. I wanted I to go actually, look at it. <laughs> look that up. Um, so what? These, these, um, yeah, and I, I think it's clearly better than like. I mean, that, I mean you just look at this, and you, you can understand all the eval. I mean, it just this just speaks to the depth of evaluation that this team did here too. Like, you look at just how much they're tracking across every, you know, everything here, and it's it's, it's impressive. Um, that you know, impressive how much evaluation was done here. But you can also see like, um, by by testing different areas, you get you, you see different
2: holes. Um. Yeah. And I thought this was pretty good. Like like pretty
1: comparable. This at least this set's pretty comparable between chat and um it's also very interesting like just as a general commentary
0: on language models and at least the current limitations is just no one none of them do well at tracking shuffled objects. So like the spatial reasoning, I mean obviously GPT-4 is very very powerful, very impressive, but still uh the kind of
1: spatial and geometric reasoning is quite limited.
2: Hmm.
0: That's
1: I mean, that's a really I mean that's an interesting just well yeah just, just look at
0: the graph. It's like there's you know it's kind of like a quarter circle here in the you yeah. know, the, the whatever top left quadrant is missing for everyone. Yeah. There's a minor minor note.
1: Interesting. Um yeah and there's you know I I it, again speaks to like I, I feel like this Speak, you know that although this this paper was kind of like designed for something else, it just again speaks. I you know I haven't seen um, this put put in such a a good form in terms of like looking at evals and comparing evals. It was well done. Um, World logic table understanding um, evaluations for safety, truthfulness. So so truthful QA. By the way, this is one of the ones in the um, the Hugging Face leaderboard. So so they do use this one. Um, but it's like a set of three or four um, evaluations. Yep. So I, I think on the truthful, it sounds like on the truthful one again, Orca. You know, Chat probably beats beats Orca. I mean, this this section it seemed to be like open AI is put slightly bit more in the truthful and 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 quality. You know, um, bias alignment. Uh, it was kind of my take that like the, the Orca. Data sets didn't didn't get you get you all the way to the GPT, but you know, Vicuna was was way off on um, on some of these. Well, this was interesting. So pr- pretty big. Yeah, I, I kind of honestly, I kind of skimmed this last bit on yeah. and toxicity and
0: stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: So, yeah. <laughs> so we're getting uh, questions here. So question from David Pierce. Um, Yeah, so so the eight models in the trench Yeah, I, I think he's talking about maybe the embedding,
1: <laughs> not the embedding. The the mixture of experts maybe thing. So the eight models in the trench code is low submission against the question versus um, yeah. So so the, the the mixture of experts kind of latest architecture drops for GTG4. I think uh, I think we're gonna do a mixture of experts paper soon. So I was talking with with Brian about this. You know, we'll kind of we'll kind of we'll hop into that. But that's a good good question. Are we comparing apples and apples when Uh, We're talking billions of parameters is the thing that like differentiates the models. Um, I do think there is something to be said for like, you know the, the, and I think I think when we dive into the mixture expert side, like it is, um, you know, the billions of the the billions of parameter size, which is like, are how big is this thing? Um, It it does define your cost a bit. It does define your inference latency. There, There is there is aspects to it that like make it as a nice metric for comparability but but you're right as you get to mixture of experts versus not like the you know quite different things we're, we're comparing when we do that um the yeah so we'll, we'll kind of keep keep moving here um chat gpt 1 okay so yeah this is this is just again toxicity uh how it does in toxicity versus um versus gpt 4 um and, and again, I think they're trying to beat Vicuna. Um, you're probably not gonna meet your your, your chat in uh, GPT-4 results. Um, and again, it's probably model size plus, plus kind of data sets that you're fine-tuned on that that, that have you get you there. Um, uh, yeah, the last
0: the last bit right here, kind of before the paper ends, I, this is very minor, but I, I found interesting is like, Having these smaller 10 billion type models like Alpaca or Vicuna or Orca, um, augmenting them with tools might be a very good future direction, given it's kind of like you're working with this constraint of fewer parameters to think. Um, And it's like if you can free up some of that by giving them tools, then somehow you have more memory to memorize other things. Um, Because, I mean, you know, it's like if you ask like Lama or, or, sorry, Vicuna or whatever, Orca, to like add two plus two, and it comes back with four, it's actually doing like 10 billion, you know, floating point operations in order to actually like compute that when it could just like call a calculator or something like that. So um, I imagine, and this is just my guess, that these, these, these kind of smaller models will get way better when there is an easy way to add tool use to them.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if you got to play with Code Interpreter yet. I got to I got to play with it over, I play, you know, we, Not yet. yeah, I use it over the weekend. Um, and it's magical for data <laughs> analysis. Like if you, so, so all of you on this listening and you haven't used Code Interpreter yet, go into the beta, like, and you pay for $20 a month for, for GPT-4 access. Go into the beta, like there's a whole alpha beta, like in your settings, you got to enable it um, for, for the alpha product. Uh, and then you can upload up to 100 megs of data and um, and actually do do some magic on it. it it's slightly buggy. It OMs a lot on big data, big you know, uh, on, on like complex stuff. But 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 if you you manage the you know the complexity of your ask and your data size, it's pretty magical right now. And some of the analytical stuff can do. So so I think there's a big promise there of of like when to call tools. Maybe those tools are code. Um, and, the, and you're right. Like I think your earlier section of like the um uh the sorting uh you know the, the sorting stuff or the, the highlighting where the problems are, maybe the, the right things to do are are call out uh to our tools. And then and I think the point on this one uh, that, that I had highlighted here is like there is this trade-off in exactly what you're saying, which is um there's probably a trade-off between memory, memorizing something in, in terms of parameters and learning concepts and 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 like Right now, you're kind of using the model's parameters to do all of it. Um, it, You're learning, yeah, yeah, concepts and you're memorizing. And it's kind of like the point here is it kind of struggles, um, you know, it it struggles to trade that off as you
2: get the smaller smaller models. Um, Cool.
1: Cool. cool, cool. Uh, What do we got here? And I think we're kind of at the conclusion here. Um, so, research suggests, well, yeah, so I, I think, like, there's a lot of potential here. I think we're going to definitely see, you know, fine-tuning. We'll definitely see uh, models using other models' outputs for uh, for building. It is worth noting, <laughs> one, one, one interesting thing here that's probably going to limit some of this, I don't know if you noticed that I think, like, all the Googles and OpenAI's have put terms of service, like, Trying to limit this too, and so so like, are, are we going to get this like as, um, you know, it, it's something that's kind of blowing up in the llama OSS communities, but like the the how much people are going to use it or how much people can 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 I think there's going to be questions on limitations of of this too, like like where can I can use it from a corporate perspective. Um, yeah,
0: I I, uh, I, I like I'm totally private with candidates. Obviously, not gonna share you know recruiting info, personal info. But I will note this week I spoke with two candidates, completely anonymized, who are doing a side project, variety of sketchy stuff that they told me about. This recruiter <laughs> was kind of like weirded out, and they all have to do it open source because they were using you know ChatGPT or. They were using like uh, commercial OCR software to do things that skirted copyright laws or things like that, or honestly stuff that's way sketchier that I'm not gonna talk about on Zoom. Uh and and you know, they're trying to do this stuff as side projects and they uh they they what they do is they use open source models. So I feel like this stuff is really gonna explode if there's ever like, or you know, whenever there's kind of an open source, very large foundation model like GPT-4 that's just uh. You can open source. It also goes back to the, the other thing about intermediate representations. Like, again, like why this stuff works is that you get a lot of the step by step reasoning. But what would be way better is if you got like all of the neuron activations, you know, for all of the whatever trillion, I don't know, 10 trillion, multiple trillion parameters that are inside GPT 4. And if you could actually use those as signals instead of just the the outputs. So I, I do think like a lot of the stuff's gonna get really interesting when the large foundation
1: models become open source. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've been kind of hoping that Facebook or Meta would come up with a, like a licensing model for Llama. You know, my, my fingers were crossed, although I think the lawsuits flying, uh, you know, are are, are probably going to hinder that, you know, but maybe Harvey can help out with the lawsuits. Huh? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, well, awesome. Yeah. Um, Awesome to to have everyone. Thanks, thanks, Brian, for 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 joining us at this episode. And no, this um, is super yeah. fun. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Um, and th- th- thanks for everyone for joining.